Welcome to the Flint Citadels podcast of our Sunday morning worship service, a weekly production of the Salvation Army Flint Citadel Corps. supposed to be a little louder than the congregation. (laughs) Amen. It's good to see you folks here this morning, and it's great to have you here to worship with us. Uh, I would encourage you to open your Bibles this morning to the 29th Psalm, verses 1 through 11. And while you're turning to that, I would just like to mention to you that uh, this morning's missionaries that we'll be sending a recording of our our meeting to, uh, Vicki Payton, who is serving in Germany, and Captains Patrick and Karen Holness, who are in Jamaica. You'll also see their names flicker by if you missed that uh, in our uh, slideshow this morning. But um, one, one announcement to make to you this morning is that uh, perhaps at some point during the last couple of meetings we've had here in the sanctuary, somebody has misplaced a pair of glasses. 
Those can be found at the back booth. And in the media booth, they have a pair. Not really sure who they belong to. So if you're missing a pair, you might want to check in with them. Um, this morning, I got up, uh, was getting myself ready. And as I did so, my son says to me, hey, don't forget your glasses. They're here on the table. Well, as you notice, they're not on my face today. So uh, <laughs> playing in the band is a unique challenge for me this morning. But uh, if you look at the call to worship piece this morning in there, you'll notice that in the fifth verse of what we're going to look at, it talks about how the Lord can split the mighty cedars. What many people don't realize is that the cedars of Lebanon were perhaps over 100, maybe 120 feet tall, maybe 30 feet wide. They were ginormous, huge trees. And something that the people in the area took great pride in, their strength and their power. And for somebody to say in a piece of scripture that the Lord can just dismiss that with his words, that meant a lot to them. The Lord's power is great. And if you read that scripture along as I, as I share it with you, I think you'll see that. Psalm 29, verses 1 through 11 say this. Honor the Lord, you heavenly beings. Honor the Lord for his glory and strength. Honor the Lord for the glory of his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. The voice of the Lord echoes above the sea. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty sea. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord splits the mighty cedars. The Lord shatters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon's mountains skip like a calf. He makes Mount Hermon leap like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with bolts of lightning. The voice of the Lord makes the barren wilderness quake. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists mighty oaks and strips the forests bare. In his temple, everyone shouts, Glory! The Lord rules over the floodwaters. The Lord reigns as king forever. The Lord gives his people strength, and the Lord blesses them with peace. Those are powerful words, friends. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you once again for all that you give to us, including your fantastic power, your power to overcome sin, your power to overcome any challenge that might lie before us. But remind us, Lord, from time to time that we have to accept the great gift that is yours. We have to take it. Even though it's free, we have to take it, put it to use, fill our hearts with your love and your forgiveness. Remind us, Lord, that your power is there and it can help us. It can help us through trials one after another. And the power to control creation and the power to control strength and power over the dead this is ours. It's available to us, Lord. Remind us from time to time that we can have that, and we'll be sure to give you the glory for it. Be with us now as we worship together in your name. Amen.
Good morning. It's nice to see everybody today, even though it's cool outside. And you know this thing, Facebook, I know some of you have Facebook, and it really gets old to hear these people in Florida whining about it's 30 degrees down there. It's like, oh, stop. But it was, one of them did have a funny post yesterday. I guess when it gets too cold down there, the iguanas and chameleons and stuff start falling off the trees. They freeze and they fall. So somebody said, well, maybe you should carry an umbrella so you don't get them. You know, it puts a new meaning to raining cats and dogs. Yeah. I, I stole that from Facebook, sorry. The scripture this morning is Isaiah 43, verses 1 through 7. And it says, But now thus says the Lord, your creator, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. For I am the Lord your God the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I have given Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba in your place. Since you are precious in my sight, since you are honored and I love you, I will give other men in your place and other peoples in exchange for your life. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, don't hold them back. Bring my sons from afar, and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by by my name, and whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed, even whom I have made. May God bless his word. Sorry, waiting for the stage change. Here comes the husband. In a minute, we are going to recognize some folks who have joined us this morning, people who have helped us at the Kettles. But before we do that, we want to also recognize all of the members of the Flint Citadel who have helped out in various ways. So my wife, who remembers to include everybody, is going to um, ask different folks to stand and when you stand if you'd stay standing as as uh, you're asked to stand if you've participated in our christmas effort because we just want to see how many folks it takes to make this um, effort possible and if he hasn't already said i mean we talked last week we went over our goal by like fifty thousand dollars so you know we were really blessed But like he said, it, it takes a lot of people and a lot of hands to, to not just meet the goal, but to distribute the toys and all of that stuff. So um, we had band members or people playing horns, maybe not necessarily band members, that went out and caroled at the kettles. If you would stand, ever, anyone that went out and caroled at the kettles? And please stay standing. Sorry, the microphone fades out. Please stay standing. And then we had... Um, money counters. Everyone who came in and helped count the thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in the kettles, please stand. And I know who you are, so. (laughs) (laughs) 
And then we had um, many volunteers that helped us take the Christmas applications um, for the toy shop and stuff. So those that took applications, stand. Have to keep looking around to make sure they're doing it. And then we had toy shop and the food distribution. The day that we had that, we had a lot of helpers. And so I'm looking for people that helped with that. And the toy sorting and the toy buying and the toy buying. <laughs> See, I told you, I've got my eyes out there. Um, anything else, Beth? Can you think of anything else? We had people directing traffic at times. Anybody else that helped in any way? League of Mercy, yes, thank you, Peggy. The League of Mercy visits, when you went to the nursing home on that Sunday, or the young people that went to the nursing home on Wednesday night. Bethany. Come on, Colin, let me see you, stand up. Yep. Noah, did you go that night? No, okay. All right, look, see, it takes a lot of people to accomplish what we accomplished. Let's give ourselves a hand. Okay, are you done with me? Mm -hmm. It also requires a lot of staff involvement to um, make Christmas happen. And uh, my wife worked a lot of hours as well getting things ready for the toy shop and for other um, aspects of Christmas. Just gets kind of crazy. Uh, but what we want to focus on now is the, the Christmas kettle effort. And uh, kind of the queen of kettles this year was Rachel Wyatt. She is um, kettle queen. She's going to come in a minute, but I just want to say how much both Captain Chris and I appreciate the work that she has done. She's taken on quite a job, and it's been a growing responsibility as we've um, increased our kettle effort and she's had to grow and stretch with it and um, <laughs> I didn't do that on purpose I didn't do that on purpose last last year um, I mean she was she was sick during cattle season and she had to uh, make it through the season the best she could and this year of course she's pregnant um, I don't know what will happen next year but uh, she has just done a great job, and we sure appreciate the effort. She's going to come, and she's going to share some information about our campaign. But as she comes, would you give her a hand? Good morning. Um, this year we had a really good kettle effort. Um, it was fun at times, very stressful, tiring at other times, you guys all know. Um, we raised $243,000. Um, this is a 33% increase over last year. And we were able to employ 102 people throughout the course of Kettles. And we were able to invest $100,000 in wages and benefits into the economy and provide people with jobs during the Christmas season. Um, I wanted to share something that was said by the founder of the Salvation Army, William Booth. These words have been repeated by Salvationists over the years as sort of a battle cry. Um, he said, while women weep, as they do now, I'll fight. While children go hungry, as they do now, I'll fight. 
While men go to prison, in and out, in and out, as they do now, I'll fight. While there is a drunkard left, while there is a poor lost girl upon the streets, while there remains one dark soul without the light of God, I'll fight. I'll fight to the very end. All the paid bell ringers, we want to let you know how much we appreciate you fighting alongside of us this year. I know sometimes it really does feel like a fight. Sometimes it's a fight to get up every day and go stand outside in the cold, sometimes very cold conditions. Um, sometimes it's a fight to smile and greet people and be friendly even on days when you don't really feel like smiling. Um, sometimes it's a fight to watch the shoppers and all their busyness with their bags and getting their shopping done and you're thinking, oh, I still have so much to do before Christmas comes, but you know, you're standing out there and you're doing good work for us and we really appreciate that. Even though it's hard work and even though it's not always fun, thank you so much for helping us fight. You've definitely been fighting for a good cause. We want to let you know as a church that we feel that the money that is put into these kettles by the community, it's important that it gets given back to the community. So the money that you've helped us raise this kettle season will be put to good use year-round to keep fighting. Um, like William Booth, we fight for our city and for the hearts of the people in it. And some of the ways we do this are um, some of the things we do during the year. We have an after-school program. Um, it runs every day after school during the school year. We have Wednesday night youth activities where the young people come down. We have character building, um, music lessons, Bible education, computer lab, things like that. We do other Bible studies, um, youth fun nights, family fun nights, neighborhood prayer walks, um, service projects and cleanup days here in the neighborhood and downtown. We do a summer day camp. We feed lunches to kids in the summer in the park. Um, and we're always starting new things as we see needs arise in the community. Um, we'd love to have you and your friends and your families continue to fight alongside of us around the year, not just at Christmas time. Um, we have worship like this every Sunday. We would love to have you become part of our church family if you're looking for a church. Um, we just, I've really enjoyed getting to know each one of you during the last couple months, and some of you even longer than that. Some of you have been around for a few years now. And I really appreciate um, the friendships even that I have formed with some of you. Um, so it'd be great to see you around more than just at Christmas time, but we really appreciate everything that you do during Christmas time. And we'd like to have you stand. All of our paid staff bell ringers, please stand. And um, some of our bandsmen have a gift for you, and then we're going to have a time where we can greet each other and get to know each other. Um, but first, let's just recognize all of our bell ringers.
earlier, and that is that everyone is invited after the service to our fellowship dinner back in the um, gymnasium. And so um, whether you're here as a regular for worship or whether you're here as a kettle worker who's being recognized, you're all welcome after the service to join us for a great dinner and uh, get to know each other a little better. There are a number of folks we need to remember in prayer, and whatever list I give out, I'm going to miss a lot of people. But um, Karen Jackson's husband and brother-in-law, Don and Wolf Jackson, lost their mother this week, and um, she would like them remembered in prayer with that loss. Also, uh, Major Carl Reed has been needing medical assistance down in Florida, getting his medications and everything balanced back out down there. Keep him in prayer. He um, is doing well, but that needs to be solved so they can relax and enjoy their time there. Also, Major Ed Rowland, who's um, had quadruple bypass surgery. They thought, uh, I know they knew there were two arteries plugged and they ended up repairing four. Uh, that went well, but um, as some of you would know from firsthand experience, he needs to rest and gain strength now. So keep those folks in prayer as well. Keep Gordy in prayer. He's, uh, he's going to uh, be seeing the doctor, getting some more testing done in that, and uh, he would appreciate your prayer as well, as would many others. We're going to uh, sing a chorus in Thee, O Lord. I put my trust. And whether it's a medical issue or whether it's a relational issue, financial issue, it doesn't really matter. We need to put our trust and our faith in the Lord. And this morning, if you if there's something you just you need to give to the Lord because you've been carrying it around and you want to come to these altars here and you just want to say, Lord, I'm putting my trust in you and I'm giving you this thing. This is the time it. I'm going to invite you to stand, and we're going to sing together. And then as Steve plays, we'll just have a time of prayer. If you'd like someone to come and pray with you, we'll have folks who would love to pray with you. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust.
Lord, this morning we come to you as a child to its parent because, Lord, this world is a, uh, it's a comp- complicated place. It's a big place. And sometimes, Lord, the things that come our way are more than we can figure out, more than we can handle. Lord, I thank you that in times like this, we can bring these matters to you. And God, I pray that you would teach us to not wait, but to bring everything to you, to trust you for every aspect of our lives. Lord, you know the needs of our hearts. Some folks have come forward, and God, you know as they express their hearts to you what their desire is, what their need is. But God, there are many people who are sitting in the pews with needs as well. And Lord, you're hearing their prayers as well. I pray, Lord, that you might act on their behalf. That, Lord, they might find that when they trust you, that you're not, you don't let them down. You don't disappoint. God bless us as we consider all that you do for us, your grace, your mercy, and your loving kindness. And God, might we trust you more and more each day, for we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing that chorus again. In thee, O Lord, do I into the new year. And I think most of us are hoping for a better year in 2010. I mean, for many people, 2009 was a very challenging year. And we could probably spend a good hour here with testimonies of the challenges we have faced in individually, corporately in this last year. Just, just a quick glance at the newspaper. Do they still print newspapers? three days a week. Or turn on the TV. Go on the internet, wherever you get your news. It'll confirm that we are living in tough times. In fact, according to a quote I heard from our own Bill Goodwill, I read this. He says, and this has to be true, the unemployment rate in Genesee County is higher than that of the Great Depression. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? At the same time, internationally, we know that um, radical Islamic fundamentalists want to destroy us and our way of life. We are at war. And on Christmas Day, it it hit real close to home, didn't it? An airliner was uh, attempted to be uh, blown out of the air, 300 souls on board, right, right here in Michigan. And you know, each of us can add to this list our own circumstances, our own needs, health issues, lost jobs, family problems, legal problems, financial problems, addictions. In the midst of all of this 
turmoil, it's easy to ask if God knows or cares. <laughs> it's safe. It's safe. That's the sun at work. <laughs> that was weird, though. It, it is... Um, it is... Um, it is reasonable to ask, does God know or does he care? And I'm not sure what that meant. Um, well, this morning we're going to look at what the prophet Isaiah had to say about this. He penned these words 2,700 years ago. And um, let's see what wisdom he can shed on this question. Please open your Bible to Isaiah chapter 43 where we've uh, read from earlier. Isaiah himself knew what it was to live in hard times. He lived in a time of great uncertainty and difficulty. And he had the, um, the terrible task of pronouncing God's judgment on his people. In his lifetime, he saw armies invade and carry Israel into captivity. I mean, it was very difficult times in which he lived. But ironically, in the midst of what seemed a hopeless situation, he also had another message to convey, a message of hope and comfort. And I believe that the message he shared with those people then is just as true for us today. Let's read that text again. Isaiah chapter 43, 1 through 7. But now, thus says the Lord, your creator, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I have given Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Ziba in your place. Since you are precious in my sight, since you are honored and I love you, I will give other men in your place and other peoples in exchange for your life. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name and whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed, even whom I have made. That first verse describes God as the Lord, your creator, and as he who formed you. In, in the midst of all the troubles these folks were experiencing, God wanted his people to know that he took ownership of them. He had created them. He had formed them, and they were his. Sometimes when people get in trouble, you kind of want to distance yourself from them. Why, well, you know, I don't know them that well. Um, God took ownership of his people. One modern attack on God's personal involvement in our lives, I think, comes from the, the whole theory of evolution that credits chance and time with our creation. Given enough time, they say, the impossible becomes, well, almost inevitable. 
Obviously, obviously they, they never stood in line at a motor vehicle department. Some, not really wanting to throw God under the bus completely, will include him as a, maybe a disinterested bystander, or better, as one who started the ball rolling, but they cannot agree with the Bible that it was God who formed us. And though we are schooled to believe evolution is a decided fact, most people intuitively reject it as a sufficient explanation for what they see. You look around and you go, no, that just doesn't work. Especially when it comes to human life. What an amazing miracle. I think um, it was more like this. That's kind of intelligent design. God created the chicken, the chicken laid the egg, man created the omelet. See, that's how it all just kind of makes sense. It's a little more complicated with us, but Isaiah dismisses those kind of thoughts that uh, God somehow doesn't take ownership, wasn't um, our creator. But he goes even further. In the first part of verse 4, he quotes God concerning us, saying, You are precious in my sight, and you are honored, and I love you. You know, that, that's a great theory, but this morning I want you to take personal ownership of this verse because it applies to each one of you. It's not just applied to some group of people. You are precious in God's sight, every one of you, and he loves you, every one of you, no matter what you've done, who you are. He loves you, and he would like to honor you by adopting you into his family. That's what he wants. And we'll talk about that a little more later. God loves you, and love is an action verb. He just doesn't sit around up in some cloud in heaven and uh, lovingly desire us from afar and go, man, I really love those people down there that I made. No, he has taken decisive action. In the second half of Isaiah 43, verse 1, God says, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. You know, life gives us all kinds of reasons to fear. Some good reasons to fear. But God tells us, don't fear because I have redeemed you. He has paid our ransom. He has made provision for our sins to be forgiven and for us to live with him forever. He has done all of that. That's real love. In fact, he goes even further. He gives each one of us a personal invitation. He calls us by name. Did you know God knows your name? He can spell it right too. And he lays claim to us as his own. Have you heard him call your name? Have you? Has he spoken to your heart personally where you know that was God talking to me? I hope so. And if not, I hope he does so this morning. I hope that you will hear God whisper your name. And if he does, you'll know it. You'll know it. 
The truth is God calls each one of us because he has created each one of us and he loves each one of us. Nobody is left out. Sadly, though, to be honest, there are those who reject God's call. And God honors that rejection. He honors their right to deny him. But the scriptures would tell us those who reject him are destined for judgment and condemnation. And that brings up the sad truth that not everybody is going to be saved. But these verses show how God focuses his his energy, his love, his grace, his mercy on those who do respond to his call. He has paid your ransom in full, and he is calling you. Now the last part of today's message is kind of focused for those who have already said yes to God. If you've never accepted God's offer of forgiveness in Christ, if you've never turned from your selfish, sinful ways, then know that um, these words can apply to you too. They are available to you as well if you'll just come to him by faith in Jesus Christ. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that in a minute. But you're welcome to listen in. Here are some of the promises God has for those who trust him in good times and in troubled times. The first is in verse 2. It says there, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. Note, this verse doesn't promise that God will uh, uh, keep his people from suffering or from going through difficulty. In fact, it's assumed that we will. So don't be deceived by those who would tell you that following God makes life easy. Life is hard. It has challenges. Some lives are harder than others. Some challenges more difficult than others. But, but God doesn't promise to make your life easy. These verses simply say that God will be with us in our difficulties and that he will not allow more than we can handle with his help. I wonder this morning if anybody here is going through some deep waters. Does anyone here feel like they're trying to cross a raging flood in the waters already up to here? Does anyone here feel like you're walking through the fire? Here's God's word to you. He wants to go through it with you. He does. He wants to protect you. He wants to see you through it. Look at his words of encouragement in verse 5. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and gather you from the west. Let's face it, we all face trials. Oswald Chamber notes, It is not true to say that God wants to teach us something in our trials, but that he wants, to, wants us to unlearn something. God's purpose is to simplify our belief 
We make life so complicated. Faith in God, faith in Christ is simple. He wants to simplify our belief till our relationship with him is exactly like that of a trusting child. To bring us nearer to him until we, like Christ, don't allow our hearts to be troubled because we're trusting in God. We have so much to unlearn, don't we? So much of what the world has taught us. And we have to learn to rely instead on simple faith and trust in God. Albert Einstein said, We can't solve problems by using the same kind of thinking we used when we created them. Think about it. All of our problems come from not living according to God's principles and God's ways. Sometimes we think we can solve our problems outside of God's principles and God's ways. That's crazy. We need to to do it God's way. He'll see us through. As I said earlier, God's promises, these promises I've shared are conditional. It's only for those who have been adopted into God's family. Isaiah 43 verse 7 says it, is for everyone who is called by my name and whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed, even whom I have made. I want you to know that everybody here, every single person here, has the potential to claim God's promises. We all can qualify. But I'm afraid that not every one of you will. According to Scripture, Many are called, few are chosen, or few make the choice. I don't know which category you fall in, but I know there are some here who have not made that choice. God has chosen you, but now you have to choose him. An onlooker watched with interest as a a lumberman worked logs as they floated down a river. Occasionally, uh, these lumbermen would, would jab a sharp hook into a log and separate it off from the others. A man standing next to him, seeing his bewilderment, said, this may, uh, they may all look alike to you, but some of them are quite different. Most are from trees that, that grew down in the valley where they were protected from the storm, so they're their grain is, is coarse. But the ones that uh, these guys are separating out, they come from high up on the mountains where they have faced harsh winds and adverse conditions all their lives. It, it toughens the trees and gives them fine, beautiful grain. We separate them out for choice work because they're too good turn into plain lumber. That's what God's doing as he works through your lives, even through the difficult times he takes you through. 1 Peter 4, 12-13 says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery, fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing. So that also at the revelation of his glory, you may rejoice with exultation. Our creator God knows 
us intimately. And he has created us for his glory. That is our purpose. He has paid ransom for each one of us. And he protects those who trust in him, even as they go through difficult times. God cares for you as an individual. He created you for the very purpose of knowing him, having fellowship with him. That's what he desires. And he knows you as only a creator can. And he does care about what is going on in your life right now, today. He's done everything necessary for you to have a relationship with him. But as I said, that ransom applies only to those who personally accept him by faith in Jesus Christ. In Acts 4.12, it says concerning Jesus, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. That name is the name of Jesus. Have you asked Jesus Christ to forgive you? of your sins? Have you repented? By that I mean, have you admitted your sin and changed the way you live? I don't want to live that way anymore. I'm going to live God's way. If not, then perhaps this morning God's calling your name. Maybe you can, can hear him quietly calling your name this morning. If he is, you'll know it you'll be able to distinguish his voice. And if he is, only you can say yes to him. Nobody else can say yes for you. Are you going through some deep waters? Feeling the heat of adversity? Do you realize how God personally loves you? Are you worshiping him? as God Almighty? Has he ransomed and redeemed you? Here's what God requires of you. You must admit you need to be redeemed and ransomed first. That's why he sent Jesus into the world to, to die on the cross. He died to pay the ransom for our sin. You must respond to God in faith, trusting that he will do what he has promised to do. And then we live for his glory. We live for his glory. In return, he forgives our sins. He gives us a clean heart. He promises he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He promises, in addition, that he's going and he's preparing a place for you in heaven and he is going to take you there to be with him for all eternity. Sounds like a pretty good deal, doesn't it? I can't promise he's going to take all your problems away, but I can promise he'll go with you through them. I wonder this morning, who needs to seek him today? Would you please bow your heads? This morning, if there's anyone who knows that they need to, to seek the Lord, to seek forgiveness, to um, say yes to him, I'm going to give you an opportunity. Raise your hand, and I'd like to pray for you and encourage you to, to give your heart to him. Anyone who knows they need to um, put their trust in God, God bless you. Thank you. Lord bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. Lord bless you. Thank you. Anyone else?
God bless you. Yes, Lord bless you. Anyone else hearing God's voice and, and you want to say yes to him? I'm going to pray in a moment, and, um, and then we're going to sing a song. And if you'd like to seal that commitment, that desire to be right with God, I'm going to invite you to come forward and to um, kneel at this place of prayer and just seal that desire. And I, I can say with confidence that God will honor a sincere heart. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning. Because, Lord, you have a stubborn love for us. Lord, though we may go our own way and we may mess up our lives, other people may mess our lives up for us, things may happen to us that we never imagined. Yet, Lord, you continue to love us with a stubborn love and you don't give up on us. You seek us and you wait for us. And, Lord, perhaps this morning is the time that Someone needs to come home and bring their heart and their life back to you. God, I thank you for your wonderful promises. I thank you, Lord, that you will be with us and go through anything that we might face. The most terrible circumstance we can think of, Lord, that doesn't scare you away. So, Father, I pray that you would speak to our hearts and that you would give us the courage to to make that step of faith and put our trust in you and, and to ask you to forgive our sins. I thank you and I praise you that you can do that and you are doing that. And Lord, might the, the angels in heaven rejoice for decisions made this morning to trust you, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand. We're going to sing the song. Is there a heart or bound by sorrow? Is there a life weighed down by care? Come to the cross. In this case, come to the altar. Each burden bearing all your anxiety, all your problems, all your troubles, leave them there. If you need to make that um, transaction as we sing, I invite you to come. And there's folks who would love to, to pray with you if you would like assistance in seeking the Lord this morning. Let's sing together. Is there a heart or bound by sorrow? Is there a life weighed down by care?
other friend so keen to help you. No other friend so quick to hear. No other place to leave your burden. No other one to hear your prayer. It doesn't help to sometimes to just unload on a friend. I mean, that can be therapeutic. But most of us don't. We lack the power to do what needs to be done in your life. But not Jesus. He can help you. He can make the difference. He can bear the burden. If you need that, come and seek him. Let's sing the second and third verses. No other Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that you took ownership of us, your people, that you redeemed us and paid for our ransom. We are thankful um, that you chose us. And now, Heavenly Father, as we leave this place, help us to understand that we now need to choose you. We give you the glory. We love you. Amen.
This has been the weekly podcast of the Flint Citadel's Morning Worship Experience. We hope you were blessed. Join us again for next week's service. Better yet, join us in person anytime at the Citadel, located in the heart of downtown Flint, at 211 West Kersley Street, where you're always among friends. For more information about the Salvation Army in Flint and our worship times and weekly activities, visit us online at www.flintcitadel.org or call us at area code 810-232-2199. Thanks for listening.